So I, at first I thought I blew my tire. So I'm like, sealant, CO2, maybe I can yeah. get get this. You going didn't home. realize at that point the damage that was not, done. Not not until I was off the bike uh-huh. and then I looked and I saw my room. So I look at my cycling computer. I go at th- about three and a half miles to go. Got to run it. everyone and welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast brought to you by Michigan Midpack Media, the podcast that covers the Michigan cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Midpacker. I'm your host Trevor. And Sheldon is back in Michigan. Yes, he's back, ladies and gentlemen, and um well, mostly in one piece. I'm in better shape than the bike. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Well, fresh off of his Lake City Alpine race in Lake City, Colorado. Sheldon is back here to discuss and talk to us about the, well, let's face it, the trouble he got into <laughs> during that race. Can we say bad decision rides? Well, yeah. We... But this was the greatest bad decision because I am so excited to go back next year. Well, that is, that's great. Um, before we talk about that, is there anything we should discuss? I mean, we... I'm, no, I have to ask you, how's your week been in the mid-pack? Well, because I haven't been around. I don't know what's going on right now. I feel like I just walked into, like, a parallel universe. You have been gone for quite a few days. Um, My week's been fine. I mean, listen, no one wants to hear about (laughs) my two uh, mildly fast, mostly slow road rides. So why don't we just get right into uh, the story at hand? All right. So, yeah, on uh, Thursday, uh, the 22nd, I left Michigan and I uh, left my house about four o'clock in the morning to head down to Detroit and I flew out to Denver, uh, landed in Denver, got my rental van for the week and I headed straight to a Taco Bell parking lot to put my bike together. Oh, well, how did you, um, how did you transport your bike? Oh, you know, this very fine fellow let me borrow this spectacular bike transportation bag. Oh, who is that? I think his name's Trevor Gibney. Well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. Oh, You're that welcome. bag was spectacular. <laughs> it, it worked really, really well. Good, good, good. Uh, bike made it there all safely in one piece. Um, Did it make it back in one piece? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that's on Instagram knows that answer. <laughs> and it was not from transportation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I uh, put my bike together in the parking lot of a Taco Bell while enjoying some spectacular... Nacho Bel Grande <laughs> pre-ride fuel. Of course you did. <laughs> um, so that's just number one of the bad decision list oh, the, on the bad decision I, list. I think this day, uh, Thursday, was, just kind of took the cake for everything. So after I got my bike put together, I immediately uh, headed out west on uh, Interstate 70 into Summit County. And uh, when I got past the small town of Georgetown, which uh, has a parking area that I used to sleep in in my younger days when I would be a dirt, s- dirt bagging it or whatever, dirt bagging it in Colorado. Yeah. I, I was a, a snowboard bum 
uh, when I used to live in Colorado. So I used to. Uh, so you're familiar with the general the, area. The, yeah, the general yeah. area. Okay. So uh, Georgetown, I pulled off, parked in said parking lot that I used to sleep in, and uh, got my bike out and started heading out on some uh, what appeared to be gravel roads very quickly turned out to not be gravel roads and uh was a jeep trail and were these did you pick these roads specific because they're part of the race or you just saw some roads and i just for saw it? I, I was just very eager to get out on my bike sure out absolutely in Colorado. makes sense so i was still hours away from lake, okay. lake city okay. at this point okay. this is a uh, yeah georgetown is probably about an hour and a half or so from denver and what is the elevation at that point about 8500 feet and how long did it take you for that elevation to just slap you across uh, the face pretty I, I you know i just kind of hit a burn in the lungs it, it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be okay i mean i definitely wasn't feeling spectacular but then uh some thunderstorms started to roll in uh while i was up on this this jeep trail so i had to zip back down uh get to my car and uh, I was like, well, I guess I'll keep the keep the travels going. And uh, that's when I headed out to Leadville, which was in part of my plan to stay there for the night. Um, it's a little over 10,000 feet of elevation. It's the highest town in the continental United States. Um, so I got there, did a few rides out there. Um, very short uh, uh, rides. One of the one of the roads I went down tapered off to a two track that eventually just tapered off into forest. Same same day or this is this another same day? Same day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this was after the thunderstorms had ended. So this is still Thursday. So uh, then I ended up going into Leadville and uh, drove past Floyd's uh, headquarters there. Nice. Took a picture that's on the yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Um, put my bike up and uh, started to look at what I would be doing for dinner. And I ended up in a very local establishment mm -hmm. dive bar. Yeah. And uh, made more bad decisions. Uh, turns out it only takes about one pint of beer to get drunk at elevation when you're not used so to it. How many beers did you have? Did you lose count? <laughs> I had four. <laughs> and uh, made it back to my van, slept in. I, I did a lot of van camping on this trip. Uh huh. And uh, the next day I woke up with a very strong mix of hangover and elevation sickness. You think it was like 60 40? What kind of mix oh, are we talking I think it was a good clean cut 50 50. Eh, I doubt it. I think you're just really hungover. <laughs> I was really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so you're in Leadville. And it's Friday. Yep. And you're kind of high. You checked in with us on the last episode so, on Friday. Yeah. I uh, When I did my recording, I was probably 40 miles outside of Leadville. Um, after I left Leadville, um, you and I had been talking, and I was trying to get good enough service to do a recording and send it. So I, once I had a good signal, I pulled off into... A, uh, they have areas out in Colorado to put chains on your tires. Mm -hmm. So that's a, I was actually in a chain tire chaining area, doing uh doing my recordings. Okay, cool. Um, so Friday, yeah, did you stay in Leadville or? I stayed in Leadville till about noon. Okay, and then after that, that's when I completed the rest of the drive to okay. Lake City. Um, so you get you get in Lake City Friday afternoon evening. Uh, yeah, about 4 o'clock. Okay. But uh, the drive to Lake City, so 
once you hit Gunnison, you, you take 149 uh, south, and that drive, I think, was probably one of the prettiest roads I've ever driven yeah. on. I mean, it was, it follows a river, you're just cutting through gorges, um, it's just two lane, pretty much the entire time, and this is where you enter the San Juan Mountains, um, and it was, I have a lot of pictures up on Instagram, it was the prettiest drive i i think i've ever done inside the continental united states i mean i i'm imagining that at this point that your stoke level for the race is oh, pretty high through right? the roof. Yeah. yeah at this point my elevation sickness slash hangover is gone yeah i'm driving down this beautiful highway through the san juan mountains and i know i'm getting closer to my final destination and the weather was beautiful and I was I was actually on my scheduled time to arrive there, and yeah, I was I was so stoked to get to to Lake City. So was there? You get to Lake City. Was there like a a little bit of like like a party at the beginning or any sort of? How did you get your information? So we we met at a, a store uh, in the. So Lake City is a very small town. It's it's mostly like a summer vacation town. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful old uh very western style buildings and it sits in this valley and um so went to the store um that we had had in our emails where to pick everything up at and uh i walk it figured out pretty quick where it was because it was the store with all the bikes all around it sure and uh so i parked my van and i walked inside kind of deer in the headlights knew nobody in the entire uh building uh the only person i had been in contact with for the last few months was a uh, michael F- uh, fleischman um he's a race organizer he and his brother-in-law and their wives um plus some other family members essentially put this entire event on um this is the first year that it's first year yeah. it's their first event they've organized so i walk in and michael's name is the only person i even know uh, I don't have a face to put to it, so I just turned to somebody. I was like, "Are you Michael?" And they were like, "No," but they they pointed me in the right direction, and uh, we were over or we were able to go over and uh, uh, finally meet after I don't know five six months mm-hmm. of of being in communication via Instagram. Cool. So, um, can we get to the? to race day you want to get to race day. i want to get to race day all right let's talk race so day. so i want to <laughs> so saturday morning is when the race yep, went down so i i was going through instagram i saw on lake city's uh official instagram page or or account mm-hmm. that uh there was a post of a video of the the rollout the the beginning of the race and i'm looking <laughs> and uh Every single bike I see is either a full suspension mountain bike or a traditional mountain bike, and I'm all I'm thinking is, oh, <laughs> Sheldon is screwed. <laughs> so we had very similar thought processes <laughs> that morning. So, to, like, well, first tell us what type of bike you brought to this race. So I took a uh, a, a cyclocross bike with a. The fattest tires I could fit on it, which are... 38s. 38s. Yeah. Um, so it's a Cannondale Cadex uh, with an Altegra group set. And I left a Midwest uh, cassette on it. 
I probably could have gone with a few teeth larger in my rear. Sure. Um, but I did take it out. This is kind of jumping back. I did yeah. do a pre-ride of the end of the course the day, be- the day okay, I got yeah. there. So uh, after I got my packet from uh, from the packet pickup, um, I got out my bike. I never even changed into a kit. I uh, was in shorts and a t-shirt, threw my shoes on, and I started up Engineer Pass, which is actually the end of the race. Um, but it, it starts heading up this uh, valley, decently steep roads, um, and for the first few miles, it was very Midwest gravel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be pretty sweet. I got about four, five miles up the road, and very quickly the road was changing into not Midwest gravel. <laughs> what What do you mean by not mid, Midwest gravel? Like what, so what in your mind? Midwest gravel is just that stereotypical dirt road with loose uh, hey, listen, I know what Midwest gravel is. I want to know what it is not. <laughs> so what it is not is uh, imagine very sharp rocks that are quite large embedded into a concrete-like gravel road. Okay. And then around that is very loose, also sharp rocks that are hand size. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to be riding on. Okay. And I mean, the, and what's sticking out of the ground, some of them are three inches up and very sharp. Got it. So, uh, Got it. and that's this area. Uh, they had very, at the end of the race, we actually coined it Alpine gravel. And that's what the term they're going to use for future years. So not to confuse people. Uh. And on the website, it's going to be showing up in uh, parentheses and it's going to say, ask what alpine gravel is good because good point. because this was a not a gravel course okay so yeah so race morning um surrounded by mountain bikes well actually back up for a second mm-hmm. at what point did you realize that you brought a knife to a gunfight <laughs> <laughs> um well when i first met michael I guess the night before, he and his family had been uh, just talking about things, and I had came up in about the 650-mile week, and he showed the picture of me camping in Leadville to his wife, and his wife's response was, he's going to ride those tires here? Oh, jeez. And they brought this up to me when I got there, and already I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I have. It's, it's the only bright bike I brought. <laughs> so that's when I went up into the mountains, and that's when I started to realize it's going to be a difficult day. Yeah. I mean, I had no doubts in being able to get through it, but I very realized, or very quickly realized this is going to be a hard... Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would be a hard race regardless of what bike you bring, but I knew... This is going to be some squirrely handling. I'm going to have to go real easy at points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I want to come to your defense a little bit because I think it's easy to say, uh, oh, this is a race in Colorado. Why in the world would he be riding <laughs> <laughs> a gravel bike? But, I mean, the website says it's a gravel race, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. it did say there was some single track. I did see that. Yep, and the single uh, the single tracks right right off the get go, 
And it is very loose, sharp, small pieces of shale in a pine forest, and it is extremely off camber. Oh, wow. But it was awesome. Okay. Like, I honestly, that was kind of one of my favorite parts of the race was riding my gravel bike through this super technical single track that's going uphill. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going downhill. So this is uphill single track, off camber, and it was, I mean, I've taken mountain bikes out in the Yankee Springs. This was completely different. Like, yeah. this was, it, it was one of the first times that I've been able to ride a bike in a situation that was completely foreign to me. That's awesome. Well, so you look on the website, it says <laughs> uh, gravel race, and it yep. says with some single track. Um, but just the week before the uh, Lake City Alpine was the Steamboat Gravel, yes. which, which was like a huge gravel race. A lot of pros were there, and... Um, and I, and I realize Colorado is a big state. Um, but w- as I understand it, that race was fast, really smooth gravel roads and everyone was riding basically what you're, they were riding, uh, 35s. Yeah. 35s. Mo- most were on 35s. Um, yeah. and, uh, so th- this race to me, the one that you did seems more of like a Leadville type mountain bike race than say a gravel, um, just a gravel race a little bit yeah i I, so for anybody that it which i highly encourage i think this is a race that everybody should check out um but i would say no tires smaller than two inch and you're probably gonna want suspension of some sort yeah at least at least in your fork i mean i think that's the kind of the beauty of gravel right it's um it kind of encompasses it's broad so many different types of terrain yeah Um, and and that's i think that's one of the even growing appeals to gravel is it tests you in so many different ways because i mean in in other races we've done this year i mean you think about barrier bay you hit sager road suddenly your bike that was flying on the hard pack not so fast anymore Mm -hmm. you're hitting sand right um land run 100 Every five miles, you're wishing you had a different bike. Uh-huh. But then the next mile, your bike's perfect. Yeah. And that is uh, that is what is so great about gravel is, you know, and it's kind of the thrill. You go into, especially if it's somewhere you've never been, it's part of the challenge. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the sport. That is a, a classic thing for a lot of gravel races. At a different time in the race, you wish you had a different bike or you have the right bike some part of the race and then you have the wrong bike the other yep. or but your your tire choice is going to be wrong at some point in at this some race. point thank you yeah. um i'm gonna say though for the lake city alpine 50 your bike was 100 percent wrong the entire time <laughs> i had like a 15 mile or 10 mile stretch uh at, at the very be- so we come out of the single track and you come onto back onto these what i would call midwest gravel roads and it's along this lake it's still pretty cool. When we started, it was barely 50 degrees. I think it was like 49 degrees when we started. So I had arm warmers and, and everything on. But, um, yeah, we came out of the single track. We start to uh, enter back into the National Forest there. And, uh, yeah, it's just, just beautiful, smooth, rolling gravel that is just very Midwest gravel. Um, and how... How, uh... How long was did that last? About ten miles. I, okay, well, that's, I, I would that's say a decent. It was decent yeah, amount. It wasn't short, um, but we were starting to get some elevation. It wasn't steep, but it was climbing pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. 
and I kind of saw it in my heart rate. So I, I started to rein back a little bit, and I'm very glad I did. Because at the end of that, you come to Cinnamon Pass. In Cinnamon Pass, when you hit that sign, it is just up. It is Jeep Trail with loose, giant rocks, and it is never-ending. Oh, man. And I'm so glad I started to kind of calm my heart down in, when I had that opportunity. Yeah. Because if I had hit that at a high heart rate, I would have completely fallen apart. I mean, it was... You hit that, and you just start looking at it, and you're just, I have to go up that? And you can already see, like, there were guys with, like, you know, 50, 52 tooth rear cogs, and there were parts where you're walking right there with them. I mean, there was a lot of hike-a-bike in this okay. race. Uh, that was my next question. How often did, was that necess- uh, a necessity? Um, So there was a beginning part of Cinnamon Pass that there was some hike-a-bike, and then we could ride for quite a while. But then when we started to get up towards, we're in the 12,000 foot range in Cinnamon Pass, and it turned into a section that there was some more hike-a-bike, getting towards, uh, what was our second checkpoint? Yeah, our second checkpoint was at the very top of the pass, and that was uh, like 12,300 feet. Okay. A lot of snow still up there. Really? Yeah. in like thick spots, like mm-hmm. it wasn't snow everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, where there was snow, it was mm-hmm. was not small amounts. Um, and this part of the race, coming down from Cinnamon Pass, was hands down the most nervous I've been on a bike. Um, it's extremely steep. It's pure ruts and loose rocks, and it's very easy to. If you let go of your brakes, you're instantly too fast. So, it may have been this moment, but uh, was there a moment that you went into the race with a high stoke level, and then was there a point where you're like, I I don't know if you felt that you were in over your head at all, but uh, did you think maybe this was not the best choice? There was never a point in this race that I felt that I was out of my skill level. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of points where I knew I was over my head with the bike that I was, right. and that, was with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there were a lot of points where I was like questioning, am I pushing myself on the type of bike too much right yeah. now? Yeah. I, I had a lot of those moments where I'm like... Like in terms of, of just safety. safety. Yeah. yeah, sheer safety yeah. because, I mean, I was rigid. Uh, I wasn't running really high pressure, but I was at like 35 mm-hmm. psi um on my 38s so i was getting banged around pretty hard and coming down a lot of the descents like you have to be on your brakes the whole time yeah and you're leaning back because it'd be very easy like you hit one rock you're endowing over and there's no guardrails in these passes some of the passes you look over the edge it's 300 feet Jeez. and uh i mean there's no trees brush it's just rocks at ledge that's it um so yeah i had hand cramps going down a lot of the descents because you're you're just on your brakes the whole time um i ended up ruining my bar tape just because you're gripping so hard just gripping moving around a lot um and then like so you come down cinnamon pass and it's you get to this fork in the road and that fork in the road was there were quads going up it and they were 
on three wheels going up this area that we're coming down just to give just, an idea of how yeah. rough oh my this road yeah. and rocky it is so you get to this fork and you turn right and now you're turning to head up to engineers pass which is the steepest part of the or the highest point of the race it's a uh, 12,800 feet okay so what what mile is this? Do you? Oh, uh, this is about twenty six. Okay, and and you might have to look this up, but do you know at this point how much you've climbed already? What elevation you've already climbed? Oh, I would have to look that up, but I would say what was the total? Sixty two. Sixty two. So I mean, you've probably already done well. Yeah, half of that maybe. Oh yeah, we're over three. Okay, because I mean, coming down cinnamon, like you don't go all the way back down yeah. and then come up. But just to- yeah, total total elevation. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say we're probably in the, the 32, 3300 So, so you've range. already been climbing a ton. A ton. And, and, and mean, then now you... And the air's getting thin. Yep. I mean, at this point, you know... How are your lungs doing at this point? Oh, I'm feeling it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I was I was breathing hard. Um, what was interesting was I had more lung issues than I did muscle. Okay. Like, there were muscle aches, but they weren't like that... Uh, that you know, some of the hundred milers where we're you're cooking through, and you just kind of had that muscle fatigue. Yeah, I didn't have that. This was just more. My heart's pounding, my breathing's heavy, but my legs actually felt pretty good. Yeah, I would think that. I mean, other muscles would like your 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 back and your shoulders and. Your, oh, my you, shoulders were yeah. killing me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we came to the very bottom of the cinnamon pass, and then there's a fork. We went right uh, for our course. Also, this course marked amazing they they did a great job of marking uh between orange paint on the ground flags uh tags they they just did a great there was never a point where i was like where do i go now good i mean i think that's probably one of the (laughs) just one less thing you have to worry about on already like a stressful yeah you know i've been to some first year races where like signs fall down or this they Kind of went even overboard, with like Good. big, nice, big arrows awesome. on the ground. So yeah, we uh, we turn right, we start going up Engineer Pass, and going up Engineer Pass, it's all sorts of switchbacks. And as you're going up, you can see the switchbacks ahead of you because they're just basically above you. And the three of us are uh, the three gentlemen that I'm with two gentlemen that I'm with. Yeah. There are three of us total on gravel bikes. And um, we look up and we even, we were talking about this amongst each other. And we're like, they're only a couple hundred feet away from us, but that's a mile and a half of riding to yeah. get there. It's, it's kind of, here. it's kind of defeating and everybody's walking. Everybody <laughs> that we can see that's on a bike right now is walking. Oh my God. And uh, so Man, what kind of grade do you think? Oh, it was steep. Yeah. Some of the sections were, and I mean, it was loose, and where it wasn't loose, it had running water from the snow melting off. I mean, it was it was a very difficult course. Oh, wow. Um, so you get to the top of Engineer Pass, and that's where you're at twelve thousand eight hundred feet of elevation. And there was a photographer there, and as we came around the corner, the gust of wind was just it. It was borderline scary because it was so strong. You you felt like you could get pushed off the ledge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, so we make, we, we make the corner around engineer to start our descent and, uh, there's the third aid station is there and we just st- rolled in real quick. 
so they could read our numbers. Uh, every every checkpoint you had to stop to so they could at least get your number. Sure. Um, and then we started a descent that I have never ridden my brakes so hard in my life for so long. So I bet I held my brake levers down for over a half hour straight. So this was worse than the Cinnamon Pass descent. So Cinnamon is shorter, but uh-huh. it's steeper and looser. Okay. This one, there's it enables you if you want to go faster because there's it's more there's more straight and it's uh-huh. not as steep, but it's still extremely rough, and it's steep enough that if you let go of your brakes, boom, forty miles an hour, and you this is not an area. Especially on a rigid bike, oh, yeah. you want to be going yeah. going that kind of speed. Um, so you're just you're riding your brakes, and you're sitting your butt so far over the seat, oh, just God. because if you even just try to sit on your saddle while holding your brakes, you're you're probably gonna endo. At this point, are you done with the majority of the climbing, or is there at another this pass? point? Yeah, after engineer pass, climbing's done. Mm-hmm. At this point, it is all downhill. And how many miles do you have left? Uh, so down engineer pass, it's probably about 17 miles. Okay. So you still got quite a bit. Oh yeah. And you know, you're thinking the whole time while you're climbing, you're like, I just can't wait to descend. The descent was way more exhausting than the climbing. Oh man. Cause you're just, you can't sit down when I, there were points where we'd get some like level areas and we would sit down and all of a sudden you'd realize your feet are numb from just, you've been standing this entire time with your toes pushed in and you're on your brakes the whole time and as soon as you can actually release your brake hoods like you realize how much your hands hurt um i just want to point out that somewhere there's a cyclist from colorado listening to you right now just laughing at you. oh yeah they're like you flatlander (laughs) yeah (laughs) what a noob (laughs) i'm a total noob when it comes to mountain riding (laughs) um so yeah i mean as as I would be as well, <laughs> but okay. So pick it up from there. We're um, you're you're heading down Engineer Pass. Yeah, we're heading down Engineer Pass, and um, one of uh, one of the riders we were with broke off and uh, took off a little bit ahead of us. Uh, so there was just two of us at this point, and we're going down, and. We came up on him, and he had a me- uh, mechanical of some sort. And I asked him, I was like, "Are you, are you okay? Do you need anything?" He goes, "No, I've I've got CO2. I've got all my stuff," and just waves us through. So we start going. I stopped real quick because I just I wanted to check. I mean, we were getting banged up. Yeah. Really, I mean, going down this was just. All your thing is, I hope my frame holds up. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a point where I, I actually stopped to check my tire pressure because I was like, this is just getting ridiculous uh-huh. for the speeds that we're going. So the other gentleman that I was with, he he keeps going. I hop back onto my bike after about a 30-second stop, and at this point, I'm just solo. So we're maybe seven miles to go, and... This is the part that I had pre-rode the night before, so I had a pretty good idea. So yeah. at this point, I'm, I remembered where rough spots were, at, and so I'm kind of just bobbing and weaving across mm-hmm. the road. Um, You're also kind of in the home stretch, so you know. I've got that feeling. Like, yeah. Home yeah. stretch. We're going. Let's do this. I know where. I know where things smooth out. I know where to save my energy for. Mm-hmm. Just go. And uh, 
So I get out of the really, really rough areas, and at during this point, I had actually passed this white Jeep Wrangler that had been... Because there's four-wheelers all over uh-huh. the place. Like, this is just off-road heaven. And <laughs> so I pass them while the roads are pretty weaving still, and they're having to go pretty slow. And I'm going, I'm going. Finally hit the smooth stuff. And I'm like, I'm gold. And this yeah. is where I actually started pedaling again, started uh-huh. pushing. I was back in my uh, saddle. And as going 35 jeep caught back up to me because at this point the road kind of widens a bit and it's not as not as uh sharp of turns mm-hmm. and they pass me and they're kicking up dust but they're i don't know 100 feet ahead of me so i can see the road decently sure. well but there's i mean this is very white loose dust uh-huh. and i'm kind of tucked in pedaling home stretch i am three and a half miles from the finish line and I didn't see it until it was directly under me. Big old rock sticking right out of the road. And I got my, I pulled my front up to try to hop. Front cleared it. My back smoked it at full speed. And there was no hiss. There was, an, it was instant flat. Um, oh caved in the side of my, uh, my rim. The tire actually was fine. Tire didn't have any damage done to it. It was just your, your rim. My rim just caved in on itself and so, so you survived all of the difficult this was the stuff. smoothest part of the entire race <laughs> of course this was this was hands down the smoothest part of the race and this is where i destroy a rim yeah and so i lose my air instantly there's no hiss nothing uh-huh. and my back ends fishing i'm 35 miles an hour and i'm just getting on the brakes trying to now remember this road has no guardrails uh the right hand side is about an 80 foot drop down to a creek and it's essentially vertical. The other side is a sheer cliff wall. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fishtail. I managed to stop about 10 feet from the right ledge to the cliff. And I had to kind of stop and just, I was shaking. Oh, like my hand, uh, I had no that kidding. full adrenaline, like get my breathing under control, <laughs> get my hands under control. And but you, didn't, you didn't crash. Didn't crash. Good. Um, so at first I thought I blew my tire. So I'm like, sealant, CO2, maybe I can yeah. get get this you going. You didn't on. realize at that point the damage that was not, done. Not, not until I was off the bike uh-huh. and then I looked and I saw my room. So I look at my cycling computer. I go, at th- about three and a half miles to go, got to run it. <laughs> and I just was there even a question in your mind or were you just like oh no I was not going to DNF this okay. race I, if I had to run 10 miles I would have ran 10 miles I mean you probably were already walking or running other parts of the oh yeah absolutely so. but uh, so at this point but you were finishing you were determined oh yeah I was not going to yeah, yeah. I was not going to DNF this race um, so I start going and I maybe made it a quarter mile before I just do my first bit of walking I was uh we're still about 9,000 feet of elevation at this point, and uh, last time I ran anything was St. Patrick's Day 2018. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I had running shoes on. <laughs> so now I'm in cycling shoes, pushing a bike, and uh, I would run probably quarter mile to a half mile, and then I'd have to kind of do these walking yeah, breaks. Yeah, sure. Um, and I had a couple riders go by me. You're also running... Uh, in high elevation, which high is elevation not... and and cycling shoes, cycling shoes. <laughs> um, 
And so I finally get down to the bottom. And it was awesome. Every rider. So I had four riders pass me. That's it? That's it. Oh, that's, that's. I mean, I wasn't that very far up in the group. But I, I, this was a true mid-pack finish um, for, for me. But uh, yeah, I had four riders pass me. Um, every single one of them asked if I needed anything. I mean, they, everyone, everyone out there was fantastic. And uh, I waved them through because I mean, unless you got a spare rim. Nope. Um, <laughs> once I hit the flat area where you go into the downtown, that's where I was like, now I just have to keep running. doesn't matter how I feel. So I'm running and I see the first cones that make a right-hand turn into downtown. And there's a volunteer there and they've got a radio and I can hear them saying my number mm-hmm. 23. And as I start to come around the corner, there's Michael, the race director, and he is just cheering. Oh, that's <laughs> just, awesome. It, I mean, it was great. As I made that corner, he gave me a high five, ran a little bit, then I had to make a left, and there was a few more volunteers there. And then it's, you run down the center of downtown. Or, you should be riding. At this yeah, point, yeah, I'm yeah. running. Yeah. And uh, I ran into the finishing park, uh, pushing my bike, and crossed that finish line threw my bike to the side and just collapsed on the ground. I I think the run might have been harder than (laughs) than the ride. Um, That's... uh, Now, I I don't want you to take this the wrong way. (laughs) But um, it seems, and especially after this race, that you are developing quite a (laughs) reputation for things just not going quite as planned uh 2019's been rough <laughs> and, and and uh you you posted something on on facebook or instagram the other day of it was it was like your litany of of things that that broke uh will you find that and just read it off for me <laughs> absolutely oh and, and the other great thing is uh at the end when michael got back to the park he said that was the most Sheldon finish ever. And he had just met you. How did he know you so he, well? So he follows my okay. Instagram. Oh, yeah. and, and he uh, listens to the podcast. So. Okay. Well, I mean, Sheldon, I'm glad that you're safe. And um, it's, it's awesome that you finished. But I can't say I'm surprised at how the finish went. I, I think I kind of cursed myself. Not that I actually truly believe in it. But um, when I was coming down, I was thinking... A finish without an issue. Oh yeah, no, you definitely cursed yourself. <laughs> um, so let's see the trashed items of 2019. One Garmin 520 cycling computer. One Zip 404 Firecrest wheel. Two full kits. A Mado 2.0 wheel. An FSA K Light handlebars. A Pac Octical Helmet. And then I said, am I forgetting something? And you reminded me of a few things. I said, left side ribs, one through ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were some rib injuries earlier this year, too. <laughs> Plus a lot of skin. So I think that's everything so yeah. far. Okay, I just wanted to re- <laughs> revisit that. Um, all right, let's go back to the finish. So you are... So you're finished. Cross the finish line, claps on the ground, and just laid there for a minute. And uh, got up. Um, 
we one of our sponsors was Oscar Blues. The the beer? The beer, beer company. Oh, fantastic. No, oh, it, it was awesome. Um, the owner's father was there, uh, and they also brought... Uh, so, the brewery uh, also owns a bike company. Oh. Reeb Bikes, made in Colorado. Um, do you know what Reeb is backwards? Well, beer, I guess. Yeah. That's smart. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and there were a couple of their bikes there. All of them, I did get to ride one around uh, the park post race. I really liked it. It was a pretty awesome bike. What kind of? It was a uh, so they had both mountain and gravel there. Uh-huh. Um, this was a steel frame uh, gravel with flared handlebars, and I think there were two point two tires on okay. it, and it rode really nice. Yeah. It was the medium um, frame. And I was I was impressed by it. Do you think it would have been a better choice? Absolutely. <laughs> Anything that could have fit two point twos <laughs> would have been a better choice. Yeah. But uh, returning next year for the two thousand twenty installment, mm-hmm. I want suspension. Oh, like I'm not even gonna like. Can Gre- I've proven? Wait, oh, wait, are you really? I mean, you're like the the Mister Bad Decisions himself. You're gonna let this one race <laughs> ruin you now. No more fording streams. No, you're just gonna. Everything's gonna be. I looked at a stream and, and I up. almost forded it just to <laughs> piss you off here in Michigan. <laughs> but it looked really cold. Yeah, you probably would have died too. No, you're um, right. That's probably the safer thing to do. I just won't look at you the same ever again. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> um. But I, I, no, I, I, I really can't speak enough great things about both the group that organized this race and the race itself. Um, yeah, so it was, like we said, it was the first year, and then he said it was a fairly small race. He said yeah, like, like 70 people. Yeah, approximately 70. Yeah, and kind of, I mean, literally like a, almost like a mom and pop organization yeah, of putting yeah, it's it just together. Yeah, family, and, uh, family in this town. I mean, uh, Lake City, um, you know kind of pitched in there were locals that were helping out um yeah Yeah, that's so that's so cool you know i I was thinking about um different races that you've done um and that some of our friends have done like uh sancho 200 which is i think kind of similar you've said yeah i got just kind of that same vibe you know small group the people there like homegrown feel right very homegrown yeah like uh yeah when, when it came to the organization and just the vibe that you got from it lake city definitely had that sancho feel uh it's funny because they were both vastly different i mean you couldn't have more opposite of the terrain and sure and you know one was 50 miles one was 200 but one had three times the climbing in the 50 miles um but just in the people that show up to these smaller like you said homegrown races it's the people that you you know it doesn't matter how hard the race is how bad the the conditions get they know what they're getting themselves into and they're going to have they're going to find a way to have fun regardless mm-hmm. um you know you get to some races and it's you, if it's almost too ironed out then you get the riders that if everything doesn't go right uh, I didn't like this race let's yeah. complain about this and, and or like, or they or or sometimes you just don't finish and you don't yeah, and, and we're like the smaller gravel events I enjoy because, you know, it's the people that are like, 
I'm going to finish this no matter what. Mm-hmm. And no matter how bad things go for me on course, I'm going to be across the finish line having a beer, smiling. Yeah. And that's what I, that, that's what I like about these events. I mean, for, you for just sure. don't see that at everything. I think that's the kind of opportunity that gravel gives to cycling yeah, in you general. Don't see, you don't see it in road anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's... As much. As, as much. much. Yeah. It's just, it's it's easier, I think, for these homegrown type races to have a place in 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 the gravel spectrum instead absolutely of, in, in, yeah gravel has a very broad spectrum i guess in my I, maybe mountain biking too i guess i just don't know enough about that myself there were i mean this definitely had more mountain bikers than i feel that were normal gravel cyclists yeah we keep calling it a gravel race but <laughs> i think we've established <laughs> Alp, it's not alpine a... <laughs> gravel it's alpine gravel we specify so post race a bunch of us ended up lingering around until tear down and we actually sat down with uh, the organizers, and um, all of us kind of just hash out what did we like, what didn't like, what could be improved for next year, all the way down to how can they advertise it for next year. And you know, they were they were bringing up maybe we should call it a mountain bike race, mm-hmm. and a, three of us were there that rode on gravel bikes, and I think all three of us were the ones that were like, no, no, no. Just be a little more specific. Sure. I mean, because we proved you can ride, you can absolutely do this race yeah. on a gravel bike. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Is it going to be the easiest? Or are you going to be the fastest? No, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it a mountain bike race? No, because Not if you say that, yeah. then everybody shows up on a mountain bike race or on a mountain bike. Where I won't lie, if somebody said next year for you to do it, you have to do it on your gravel bike. Okay, I'll do it again on my gravel uh-huh. bike. Like. I'll do it on a mountain bike now that I've experienced it. Right. And I just want to do a faster time. Mm-hmm. But if someone said to do it, you have to ride a gravel bike, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So th- there were there weren't a lot of people there, about 70-ish. Mm-hmm. Do you know, were there many people out of the state or were you one of the only? I was um, one, uh, very, uh, there was. My, my guess is there weren't many people from Michigan there. No, there were uh, four people. Of us that I know of that were from out of state. Um, only four? Only four. Okay. <laughs> and one I don't think really counts. So he had registered from as a Michigan, but he's been in Denver for a year and a half. Yeah, no. That so that count. one didn't really count. Um, he and I did ride together quite a bit uh, towards the beginning of the race. Uh, there was a gentleman from Kansas, and he and I rode for a little bit, and we were just kind of laughing at ourselves like, what, did... what what are we doing here? <laughs> um, and then there was a gentleman from Texas um, who uh, was from the Amarillo area of Texas. Okay. okay. And I think that was about it. So, yeah. There might have been others, but that's all I know of. So it's kind of definitely a local. Oh, yeah. Locals race. Yeah. Probably people that <laughs> have knew the area. <laughs> ridden the roads before. <laughs> they probably just looked at us like, yeah. what are these guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> so. What's the deal? Are you going to go back? Or are you going to... I will be back 100%. Yeah? I had an absolute blast. Um, there's a lot of this race that, unless you've ridden it, it's just hard to explain. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like, there's going to be that camaraderie amongst race the racers from it that you just can't explain to other people, you know, being up that high, the views. I mean, you can take a picture. It just doesn't capture that moment mm-hmm. that, uh, so when people are asking certain aspects of the race, I'm just like, 
got experience you got to go out next year you got to go out and experience it because i whatever i say isn't going to do it justice and i hope the course stays the same the course i i thought the course was just amazing Mm -hmm. the only thing that we had talked about uh post race was before entering the single track in the forest maybe tacking on a mile or two outside like through the town just to kind of give an opportunity to splinter things up because we kind of got to the forest I think within a mile mm-hmm. and we're really still pretty tight in it. Sure. And it, so at 7 AM, even though the sun's coming up when you're in a Valley. Yeah. It's pretty it's, dark. It's dark. Yeah. yeah. So we, it, it was, when we entered the forest, it was, it was borderline dusk mm-hmm. or like, you know, that dawn feeling, even though like seven o'clock here would have been bright. And yeah. 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 So I think that'd probably be the only thing would just be figure out a way to add something to kind of scatter the, or, you know, shatter the group mm-hmm. a little. But uh, regardless of of the issues you had, you're you're still all in oh, next year. Hundred percent. Maybe yeah. maybe just like with you a said, different bike. Different bike. Yep. That 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 would yeah. be it. Um, I mean, it gives you an excuse to get a new bike. I mean, yeah. So is your rear wheel fixable, or what's it, the deal with that? No, it, the you know aluminum. Some people say you can bend it back. Aluminum cracks really easily, uh-huh. especially once it's been damaged. So, you know, it wasn't a super expensive aluminum rim. So I actually donated uh, my entire rear wheel, tire, cassette, skewer. It's every- a brand new tire. I know. <laughs> I had like 40 miles, well, 60 miles. Yeah. <laughs> um, I donated it to uh, the race organizers, and they are going to figure out a way to turn it into a form of trophy oh, for next year. Fantastic. Um, they were about, I mean, this is they're gonna decide this over the winter but uh one idea was maybe to laser etch the uh, men's and women's winners names each year on the rim oh that'd be cool well regardless of how they figure it out it's it's like a piece of you will be with the race i mean now i have to go back yeah yeah. part of my bike's there (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it was it's it's an event that uh I highly encourage uh, riders to look into for next year because the town that it's at, if you want to do a racecation, this is it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the most peaceful little town out in the middle of the San Juan mountain range. Um, and it's it's a race that so far I haven't seen anything that's kind of comparable to. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for anybody from the Midwest. If you're a Midwest rider and you really want to test yourself, this is one. Yeah, terrain-wise. Terrain, yeah. elevation. Yep. I mean, you're going to get caught off guard. I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of times where it was just a fallback on your training. Yeah. That's all you can do. You know, I, I kind of think that brings up a good point, though. Um, even though it's not a big race or or it's only the first year of the race, I think to encourage people to look outside of their comfort zone, maybe outside of their state, um, outside of where they would normally ride, and seek out some of these races, because they're probably going to find exactly what you found, which was a, a group of people that are out there to have fun, to support the race, and to make that race um, just just a blast to ride, and then also have an amazing adventure oh, at absolutely. the same time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't look at every race of 
this is going to be my strong suit race. This is why I should do this. I mean, look at the ones that you don't know. Look at, uh, you know, I went out to this race. I didn't even know the race organizers, what his face even looked like until I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now since I've been home, I think six or seven just of the riders now we, we follow each other on you know various forms of social media and all we do is talk about it like i can't wait for next year yeah you know finish the ride have a beer again that was awesome um and of course you know we here at the dirty chain podcast we focus mainly on michigan and talking about uh, michigan rides and races and events but then also i i love that um we have these opportunities to talk about when Michigan people get to go and Absolutely. experience races outside of the state. Oh, so I met a gentleman there, raced with him. Uh, he uh, he now resides in Colorado, but he used to live in Michigan, and he rode Iceman. Oh, no way. Yeah, I think he said like the last time he rode it was like uh, 2009 or 2012 or something like okay. that. But yeah, we, we were able to sit there drink beers talked about it talked sure. about what i was riding this year and uh he he had gone out there with a friend or he was racing with a friend and then they were even talking about like we need to go back and race Iceman sometime that's awesome so these little things like yeah you travel halfway across the country meet a complete stranger and you can automatically have this connection yeah so that's that's so great sheldon you feel good you think we uh covered everything that's Oh, I mean, th- th- are you are you sore? Are, how how's your recovery coming from this? Uh, it's been going adventure? well. I I I've, I've been off the bike. I just got in uh, two days ago. Um, gonna go out and ride Thursday gravel tomorrow night. Good. Um, with the group. Uh, the only sore spot is I did have a tumble. It's your on, heart. On your, some... It's. It broke, uh, you know, I, it broke your heart from having to leave Colorado. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I did not want to leave. That 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 was hard leaving that state. I I do adore Colorado. I, I used to live out there. Um, came home to a nice, cold, rainy Detroit. <laughs> 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 it was miserable when I landed, uh, and uh, then I had three hours of sleep before I had to head to work the next morning. Um, Jeez. But uh, yeah. But yeah, the only sore uh, you no. said. Only sore spots, yeah. My tumble from on cinema, I scratched up my side a little okay. on a. It wasn't a bad crash. I All right. just had some ground slide out under me. Hey, I am super uh, proud of you for going out there and finishing and not truly uh, hurting yourself. <laughs> Embarrassing the state yeah. of Michigan. <laughs> but uh, I am glad that you didn't decide to stay out there forever and came back to us. Right. So. It, it, it'd be hard doing the uh, Michigan Colorado mid pack. It just doesn't come off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, <it doesn't. laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of well to finish it here. Um, go find an adventure. Be a more safe version of Sheldon, and find an adventure. Be me, but just taper it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, whether it's. Uh, in your home state of Michigan, or out in Colorado, or any other state or country, keep your chains clean, but get your chains dirty. See you in the mid-pack. Yeah.